Happy Valentine's Day from the Locked On Clemson podcast. And I guess our Valentine's Day gift came a little early when Clemson beat Pitt on the road, giving us the chance to talk about a little bit of hoops. So we get back to talking basketball. It was a little dreary there during the three-game losing streak for Brad Brownell. And, of course, Samir Sims went down with the flu, but there you have it. So, Valentine's Day. Hope everybody has some fun plans. Uh, and Clemson baseball will get it rolling today on Valentine's Day, a Valentine's Day opener for Monty Lee and that crew. And we're going to look back on that series coming up on the Monday podcast of Locked on Clemson with Anthony Greer, who is absolutely as dialed into Clemson baseball as anyone uh, up there at Fox Sports Spartans, uh, Fox Sports Spartanburg. So we'll check in with Anthony coming up on Monday. We've also got Will Merritt back with us, former All-ACC lineman at Clemson. He's coming up next week. Uh, he's got some stories to share about the Clemson uh, football staff and what they've been up to and his connection to it, uh, where they happen to be right now. So uh, all of that's coming up today, next week. And uh, again, baseball getting going today, and I absolutely love it. And I've got high hopes for Monty Lee and this team this season. Sam Weatherly is getting the opening day start against Liberty. Don't forget, an NCAA tournament team from a season ago. And Weatherly, according to Monty Lee, best stuff on the team, electric stuff, and had made the biggest strides between the end of last season and opening day. So that's why he's going on a Friday. And we all know Weatherly struggled with pitch, uh, you know, control, command last season, walked too many hitters. So now he's got to get that out of his head. Uh, he was a nibbler last season, and his stuff's too good for that. And that's what Monty Lee, Monty Lee's articulated that. Go right at him. And I also think Sam Weatherly's getting the start on Friday, and I haven't been able to actually address this with Monty Lee yet, but I will the next time I speak to him, which is the way you're balancing this pitching staff with Weatherly going on Friday and then knowing you're going to have Strider and Matt Clark available together on Sunday, so you'll save them for certain. Strider starting Matt Clark first out of the pen on Sunday. He already knows that. You expect so much from Davis Sharp in terms of not just batting in the middle of the lineup but eating innings on Saturday. Was this Is that why Weatherly starting on Friday and not Saturday because you don't want to tax the bullpen in back-to-back -back days? The hope is that if you've got to use the pen in back of Weatherly for big innings on Friday, then – you hand the ball to Davis Sharp, and you just kind of tell Davis, hey, this is the only time you're going to pitch every seven days. This is it. So go out there, eat up six, seven innings for us. Uh, and Clemson's offense will just have to match Davis Sharp. If Sharp, you know, no pun intended, isn't Sharp on a, on a given Saturday, do you leave him in there, let him eat the innings, and just hope that Clemson's offense can carry the day? which will not be as powerful an offense this season, according to Monty Lee. But that's baseball. That's Liberty. That starts today. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, but what we're doing today, what we're going to focus on, we're not going to spend a lot of time looking back on Clemson's basketball victory, but we'll get back to that in segment number three. But what we're going to do today is finish up Ranking Clemson's top 29 wins in its 29-game winning streak. And I've got Pat Daniel from the Sports Talk Radio Network coming up in the next segment to critique me. And I know you've been critiquing me as we go, telling me which of these wins are, I've ranked too highly, which ones are too low. 
So now we have not gotten all the way through the top 10. So we're going to do that now. I'll just recap 10 through 5 very quickly. Then we'll finish it up and have Pat Daniel join us in our next segment. And maybe you agree with him more than you agree with me. We'll find out. All of this is subjective, obviously. He changed my mind on a couple of things. I may I may have to do this again uh, right before Clemson kicks off the season uh, coming up in 2020. But I've got part of that 29-game winning streak, 10 most significant wins. I've got number 10, the 2018 win over South Carolina, 56-35, to 35, over 740 yards of offense for Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and that Clemson team. Uh, number nine on the list, the 2018 Pitt ACC Championship. Clemson won 42-10. to 10. Loved Pitt's uniforms. Didn't like anything else that Pitt did in that game, and it just showed you how dominant Clemson's defense was, how dialed in they were. That was, don't forget, coming off that South Carolina game where the defense did not have its best effort against Jake Bentley and instead showed everyone what they could do when they were focused, and the game plan was there uh, from Brent Venables and it was executed by that defensive line and defense overall. Number eight, the 2019 ACC Championship, 62-17. to 17. How impressive does that look now as we look in the rearview mirror? Uh, Virginia, a ranked team now at the end of the season, 62-17. to 17. Clemson won in the ACC Championship. I upgraded that win because of how well Bryce Perkins in Virginia showed against Florida, a really good defense in the bowl season. Number seven on the list, 2018 Syracuse, 27-23. Remember this one. This is the, the Chase Bryce game. Put a star by this one. Pat Daniel wants to talk about this one. Everyone remembers that was the week Kelly Bryant left the program. Boy, if Clemson doesn't pull that game out with Trevor Lawrence going out with an injury, that splits the locker room, cracks it in half, a true schism. Didn't happen. Clemson wins 27-23. Put a star by that one. I've got it at number seven. You'll be interested to hear where Pat Daniel has that. Number six, 2019, Texas A&M, 24-10. Not a banner day offensively for Clemson, but to prove that this defense was going to be close to the championship defense from the previous fall was a big step. Opened a lot of eyes across the country. Never mind the final score. Clemson dominated A&M, held them to three points for 59 minutes and 55 seconds. Number five on the list, 2019 at North Carolina, 21-20. to You know, James Skalski comes up with the big spot, uh, big stop on the two-point conversion. Che- Trevor Lawrence showcased what kind of runner he could be, made some hard-nosed plays, stood in there, took hits right under the chin strap, made throws to T. Higgins, and Clemson held Sam Howell to 144 yards passing. I know this was a scary game. I know this was a, a roll-aids game for all Clemson fans. But they came out with the win, 21-20. So I've got it ranked number five. I thought it showed a lot of moxie for Clemson to win that game. Now we're into the top four. Unveiling for the first time here on the Locked on Clemson podcast, number four in the most significant 29 games in Clemson's 29-game winning streak. So ranked from least significant to most significant. I've got 2018 over number three, Notre Dame, 32-3. Yes, I thought this was an overblown, overhyped Notre Dame game. I wasn't surprised they got pummeled, but I didn't think they'd be limited to 248 yards and three points. Didn't see that coming. Austin Bryan got a couple of sacks, and uh, this was the springboard. Just like Clemson showed out against Pitt, and then this game, to me, was the springboard to Clemson's best ever performance. And that was a third-ranked Notre Dame team. I thought they were overrated, overhyped, which is why they're not any higher than number four on this list. But still impressive when you look back 
three, beating a brand name like that. Number three on the list, 2018 at Texas A&M. Remember, 12th-ranked Texas A&M, how tough a place this was to play. Clemson wins 28-26. to And if I were just kind of ranking games, this might have been the best game. Um, either this one or number two, which is coming in a minute. It took place in one of the great settings of college football. And if you're a Kelly Bryant fan, this one has a bittersweet spot as it was, you know, the former Ren Star's last major contribution to the program. Bryant was 12 of 17 for 205 yards, a touchdown through the air. He also got a touchdown on the ground, led the Tigers in rushing because the Aggies had the traditional run game with Travis Etienne, same Travis Etienne, in a hammerlock, man. Trevor came in, threw a touchdown to Higgins in a tough spot, too. But this one kind of, if, if Syracuse was the Chase Price game, this was the Kelly Bryant game. Whatever you think of the way Kelly Bryant left the program, on that night, he was all Tiger. And it was a big victory for Clemson. They may not have qualified for the four-team college football playoff if they don't pull it off 28-26 on the road at College Station. Number two, the second most significant win for Clemson in its top 29 in its 29-game winning streak, 2019. This one happened not too long ago over second-ranked Ohio State, 29-23, instant classic and we, we could do a whole podcast on this with enough credit to go around for everybody. Who didn't perform great? Early round picks everywhere. Both sides of the ball. Both teams. College stars stepping up in this game. Trevor had his moments with a pair of touchdown passes and a 107 yards rushing. The season ends right there in Arizona without that 67-yard run. That gallop from Trevor Lawrence down the left sideline. You could just close your eyes and picture it. Unsung heroes like Chad Smith, Nolan Turner also got his moment in the sun. Smith uh, tallied a dozen tackles. He was named the game's defensive MVP. Nolan Turner gets the clinching interception. That's going to be on YouTube for eternity. You know, I play these little highlights on the podcast. That's one of them. Nolan Turner now a part of Clemson lure. Clemson overcame a 16-point deficit for the 29th win in a row. And only one win was sweeter than this one. And look, I'm not even going to take a break here. We'll just do it. Uh, just because I think we can. We all know how important this was. 2018 National Championship. Clemson beats Alabama 44-16. to A.J. Terrell's pick six primed the pump for one of the most shocking blowouts in college football history. Justin Ross was so good on this night. Nick Saban still wakes up with night sweats thinking about this. Justin Ross juggling catches, making plays over his defensive backs. There was no answer for Ross on this night. Six grabs, 153 yards. You know, what may have been forgotten in all of this, because, you know, now Clemson's played a lot of football since then, but Alabama led 16-14 to in the second quarter. At that point, people still thought Alabama was the king of college football if you just freeze it there but that's when T Higgins Justin Ross Trevor Lawrence went to work and I think in a lot of ways talk about significant wins if you measure it not just in how important this game was for Clemson how about Alabama that fan base Paul Feinbaum SEC fans haven't really recovered from that one that was that was like Mr. T knocking out Rocky in Rocky three in the first 25 minutes of the movie. Rocky just thought too much of himself. Got caught, got caught by Clubber Lang. 
from the south side of Chicago. That's what happened to Alabama in that one. Second round knockout for Clemson. And for me, the most significant win in their 29-game winning streak. Well, Pat Daniel has a different opinion on this. We'll hear from Pat from Sports Talk in our next segment. And you may be surprised at which one of my top ten he pulls out and puts at number one. It's not the national championship game. We'll hear from Pat when we come back. This is your team every day, the Locked On Clemson podcast. They're already in French field goal range. And Lawrence, thought one, comes it over the middle. ETN in space. ETN to the 10. Reeves, touchdown, Tigers! A championship drive from the defending champs. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Well, let's not waste any more time. You know, I said I've got Alabama, the championship game, Clemson over Alabama. At the end of the 2018 season, I've got that as uh, Clemson's most significant win in the top 29. But Pat Daniel from Sports Talk, he disagrees with me. Now, we open up. Let's talk a little hoops here because Clemson defeats Pitt. And I always go to Pat because he's such a hoops head and, uh, you know, covers Clemson. So I just like picking his brain about where Clemson is, what it might look like in terms of an NIT bid. And... I caught Pat flat-footed because I think like a lot of Clemson fans or people that cover Clemson, it's hard to stay locked in on Clemson basketball. So I'm asking him, you know, what did you think of the win over Pitt, you know, in terms of digging into what Clemson did defensively and how well Tevin Mack played in the first half and Alamir Dawes did in the second half. And Pat admitted to me he would rather watch the NBA right now and catch Clemson basketball. It's just hard to stay locked in. So he actually watched LeBron versus the Nuggets instead of Clemson versus Pitt. I did, and I'm slightly embarrassed to admit it, but I saw that the Clemson Tigers won. I saw they won fairly handedly, but I was far more interested in checking out what LeBron James and Anthony Davis would do against the two seed in the West, the, the Denver Nuggets. It just seemed far more interesting to me than watching Clemson run some absurd offense, weird defense that doesn't seem to add up to wins anymore. Well, so let's start there. We'll get into my top 10 list in a second. But see, I think you've hit on something interesting here, which is it's not just that Clemson's not one of the top teams in the ACC. It's not that. I feel like there's a fatigue almost with the Clemson program and Coach Brownell. Now, look, I think you and I both like Coach Brownell. It's, it, that's not an issue. But every time I reach out to someone that covers Clemson, it's almost as if basketball is treated like if, if football and baseball are the major leagues of Clemson, then the basketball program becomes the minor league in terms of attention. That's, that's a pretty fair way of describing it. Uh, I think what a lot of us feel is there's no identity to the basketball team. It just seems like every single game, there's a totally new game plan. There's a new, there's an emphasis on a new player on offense or a new defensive strategy. And great teams bring out what they do best and just basically say, can you beat us? You see the Dukes, the UNCs of the world, they don't change their game plan very much from game to game. And I don't know if it's the lack of talent or, or the talent disparity, I should say, between Clemson and their opponents and maybe Brad Burnell's forced into doing this, but it just seems as though every single game 
you get a completely new Clemson team on the court, and and as a fan, it's it's hard to it's hard to really care after so long. <laughs> it, it's worn some people out. Now they shot the lights out uh, last night, and we'll we'll get back to uh, basketball. And we'll cover it more closely. Um, probably as they try to make a run toward the NIT, I think everybody's given up on, on a potential NCAA bid save, uh, you know, unless Mike Krzyzewski retires and an asteroid hits the earth in the next 30 days or something, but we'll get back to the basketball program, but let's talk about that feature. So I ranked Clemson's wins in terms of significance in their 29 game winning streak. Now this is fun. And I like sharing this with some of the other people that cover Clemson because then everybody's opinion is going to be slightly different. So, Now, you know, anybody following the podcast, they've heard it now. So, Pat, you look at my top 10, and where do you agree and where do you disagree the most? So, Smitty, I'll start with where I disagree because I feel like there's one game in particular that we have very different opinions on, which is, of course, perfectly fine. You have the 2018 Syracuse game, uh, the Chase Bryce game, if you will, at, at number seven. Personally, I have that. I'm debating between if I have that as my number two or even my number one overall game just because I, I, I cannot emphasize enough how important that game was from a mental standpoint for this team. It, it was the week where the whole Kelly Bryant situation came to a head and he left the program. Trevor Lawrence was named the starter. Uh, he was then injured. Chase Bryce, who had been, what, fourth starter, or excuse me, fourth uh, position quarterback at the beginning of the season, was thrust into the spotlight. And they were down almost that entire game. And he led them on that great drive, that long fourth, fourth down conversion. Without that, there is no college football playoff. There is no 44 16 win over Alabama. So personally, I, I think I have that Syracuse game as my number one game of the 29 game streak. Wow. Okay, so I thought I might have been going a little high because Syracuse not a big-name opponent, but you have to put yourself back into where Clemson was at that moment. You talked about Kelly Bryant transferring him, and also Syracuse had beaten Clemson the year before, and and it was like Clemson fans thought, well, they were going to punish Syracuse for doing that to them the year before, and instead, midway through the game or, or earlier, Trevor Lawrence goes out with an injury, and all of a sudden, you're a, you're in another dogfight. So I, I agree with the sentiments surrounding it. I guess I just ask, so you have it really, really high. So you have that over, say, winning – uh, against Notre Dame in the college football playoff semifinals? I do. Uh, I feel like it's a fairly popular opinion at this point that Notre Dame, I don't want to say they didn't necessarily belong there because I don't know who you would have put in their place, maybe Georgia. But that game was never in question. I mean, it, from the opening kickoff, Clemson just absolutely dominated both sides of the football against Notre Dame. They, I just so I don't see that as being that important of a game just because it was on the national spotlight to me doesn't make it any more important than some of these other games. Lawrence took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, and breaks the tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown, Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play. Locked on Clemson podcast. So you hear Pat didn't think as much of the Notre Dame win as I did. So now let's move on and talk to Pat from Sports Talk about what might 
he do in terms of ranking Clemson's 29 wins? Give us the top three. And look, if Notre Dame, if that semifinal game isn't as highly as I had it ranked, which I, I thought it had it pretty ranked pretty low, but if I'm off on that and it's lower, does it still, because it's a semifinal game, because it's Notre Dame, because it was such a dominant performance, does it still make the top 10? It would still make my top 10, but I think it, it may be closer to where you have Syracuse back at number seven. I, I think I have them at number six on my list, uh, just behind the Texas A&M game from 2019, uh, because I think we did agree with that being a both uh, Texas A&M games being large. You had that game at six and the 2018 game at Texas A&M as number three. Uh, I think I would have Notre Dame somewhere in between those two. All right, and I've got uh, North Carolina, kind of the game that Clemson escaped this season, the the famed James Skalski two-point conversion stop. I've got that one at number five. So what do you think of that one? Too high, too low? Because I think that's another one that would be kind of a, a lightning rod and you get differing opinions on it. You and I actually have that in the same spot. I have that in number five as well. That is a lightning rod game. Without that game, without that stop on the two-point conversion, there's no college football playoff run in 2019. You saw, we all saw how the media treated, fairly for the most part, treated Clemson uh, for weeks on end after that game. They didn't really have much else on their schedule to speak of and barely escaped Chapel Hill with a win. So I do have that up there still. Uh, I would agree with you on number five for that game. All right. So – where we agree, where we disagree. Now, here's another one. How about Texas A&M? Those two games, I have one at number six and one at number three. I've explained my reasoning. Where, how do you view the two A&M wins in the past two years? I would put the 2018 win at A&M uh, ahead of the 2019 simply because that was – look, a lot of people want to speak I don't want to say speak poorly, but don't have the fondest memories of Kelly Bryant. I, I do. I thought he was a tremendous player for Clemson while he was there. It just came down to who Dabo Sweeney thought would lead them to a win over Alabama. That game was the peak of Kelly Bryant's Clemson career. That victory, although although Trevor Lawrence did play some in that game, uh, it was Kelly Bryant that, that led them to that win. I think that was his statement game as a Clemson Tiger. That's certainly, if we were making a, a ranking Kelly Bryant's top games, that's the most important in Kelly Bryant history, for sure. He didn't do anything at Missouri that would change that. Um, quick aside then, Pat, how do you think Chase Bryce is going to do at Duke uh, now that he's transferred up there under David Cutcliffe? I'm excited for the opportunity he has ahead of him. David Cutcliffe is a tremendous coach, a tremendous football mind. He has a proven track record of helping lift quarterbacks to the best of their abilities and help them reach their goals of, of the NFL. Uh, with the amount of time the Manning brothers, and now they're both retired, the amount of time they will spend around that program in the offseason, uh, I think they will become mentors and influences for Chase Bryce. And Chase Bryce, is, he's a smart guy. He has all the intangibles to be great. And I think David Cutcliffe will help him reach the NFL. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. And as a Clemson fan, I'm fairly happy that they don't have to play each other this season. That's right. They'll miss Chase Bryce. All right. Well, Pat, okay, I, I put all my cards on the table. So give us your top three then. Put them in order. Three, two, one. Rank Clemson's top three victories in their 29-game winning streak. Number three for me is the 2019 game versus Ohio State in the national semifinal. 
that 29-23 instant classic victory will go down in Clemson lore for years and years to come. And it'll be a game that Ohio State fans for years to come will turn their noses up and still point to potential ref mistakes and so forth. But I, I think that game showed the true grit of Dabo Sweeney's teams. It showed that they they were able to answer all the punches, and no matter how far they were behind in the fourth quarter, they still were able to mount a comeback. And then the defense was able to, uh, under Brent Venables' lead, hold Ohio State from scoring on that final possession. So I have that at number three. Number two, and this may some, surprise some people, I actually have the national championship win over Alabama at number two for me. I have that at number two. That A.J. Terrell play was probably my number one play from that 29-game win streak because that set the tone right there. That got the defense hyped. That gave the offense the feel that, hey, we have the defense behind us. We have a shot against Alabama. And from there, it was on. But my number one game of this 29-game win streak for the Clemson Tigers is, in my mind, that Syracuse win. I just cannot emphasize enough how you and I spoke off-air about what may end Clemson. If they were closer to the beginning of the dynasty, or not dynasty, but the beginning of this streak or the end, I think that that could have been something that that railroaded this Clemson program. We saw with the defection of Kelly Bryant, the team was split right down the middle because he had so many close friends on that team that that locker room could have been lost. The players could have turned their nose up to Dabo Sweeney and been upset. Like, how dare you sit this junior that we've all been behind for three years and and now you're going to put in this freshman instead of him, uh, actually, excuse me, senior. Uh, I think that that could have shattered the locker room and split that team, but instead they rallied together. They came out and played. Then Trevor Lawrence got hurt. You had to call upon Chase Bryce, who had also been waiting in the wings, and he basically brought that team back together, put them on his back, and they had that come-from-behind win against Syracuse. Without that, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. 